Welcome back, everybody, for my portfolio update for November. Now, while the S&P 500 was up around 9% in November, I had about 8 of my 13 holdings that seemingly underperformed that index over the past month. But I did have some decent winners, too. And November was a month where I actually added a new company to my portfolio, which you probably already know what it is, and I trimmed a little bit of another. So there's a lot to talk about, and let's get into it. Now, as you can see, as of December 1st, my account is currently at $245,942.05. And in the last one month, my balance has increased $15,594.38. Now, that is just the raw number, and it doesn't tell you if it's new contributions or actual gains. And it actually includes today, which is December 1st, but we're going to break all that down here in a minute. Still, going from 230000 last month to 245 this month is not something I'm going to complain about. No matter how you look at it, that's a really good month. So there you go. Video's over. All right, I'm kidding. Let's take a look at the breakdown here on the next page. If we update this to show our performance from November 1st through November 30th, we see my beginning value was at $229,599 and some change. I made $1,030.46 in net contributions this month, and in terms of my overall investment change, it was a very nice plus $14,922.67, which was mostly investment gains of $14,765.74 as well as $156.93 of dividend income and account interest. So by any measure, that looks pretty good. But how did we do against our actual benchmark, which is the S&P 500? As you can see for the month, the S&P 500 was up over 9%, including the timing of my contributions, which is why it's slightly different than the raw number from Seeking Alpha. But then my portfolio was only up 6.49%. So even though I had a great month, I technically lost ground against the index in the amount of about 2.6%. And that's why these months can be a little bittersweet, because I'm like, man, I had a great month in terms of total gain. I had a good month in terms of rate of return, but I still lag the index. Like we always talk about though, you need to be clear on what you're trying to accomplish and just keep plugging along. Every month won't be perfect, but hopefully it's progress. I should put that on a shirt. Now, if we take a look at the performance of my portfolio since I started it on December 8th, 2022, we see that my portfolio was up 13.34% compared to the S&P 500's 18.03%. So while we lost some ground on the S&P 500 and we're down about 4.5% from our benchmark, overall my rate of return for my portfolio is starting to look a little better, and that's exciting. Now let's take a look at my dividend income and where that ended up. Now if we take a look at my investment income, specifically for the next 12 months, we see that my annual dividends and interest are $4,816.78, compared to the $4,702 that I had last month. That equals an increase of $114.78 per year, which is about 2.4% month over month. So it's not as high as the 5% month over month increase I had last month, but I didn't have nearly as many contributions either. So 2.4% in a month is pretty good. Overall, my dividend yield for my portfolio is still around 2%. And again, that's about where I expect it to be because I'm not looking to chase yield. Now let's actually take a look at what dividends hit my account this month. On November 10th, I received a total of $94.20 from American Express in four different accounts. On November 15th, I received a 59-cent distribution from the Schwab U.S. Treasury Fund, SNSXX, as well as my amazing 26-cent monthly dividend from Realty Income. <laughs> On November 16th, I received a total of $33.12 from Apple in three different accounts, 
And then lastly, on November 24th, I received a total of $28.50 from Starbucks in two different accounts. The total for the month was $156.67 of dividend income, and November was definitely better than October where I had less than $1 of dividend income. But clearly, my largest dividend payers are the quarterly payers in the December, March, June, and September months. All right, so my dividends received this month were okay, but let's get into the fun stuff and look at what I bought and sold for the month. And once again, I decided to trim one of my positions and I'll explain why. So in terms of what I bought and sold, on November 9th, I bought a total of seven shares of Valero at a cost of $121.76 per share. And that was actually between two different accounts. On November 15th, I reinvested my 59 cent distribution from the Schwab U.S. Treasury Fund back into the Schwab U.S. Treasury Fund. I'm just going to tell you that 59 cents is really working. It's working hard. On November 21st, I started a position in Caterpillar at two shares at $249.12. And then on November 22nd, I sold 57 shares of American Express at $164.53. And then I also bought 37 shares of Caterpillar at $247.20 a share. So it would have been a pretty normal month other than me trimming American Express. So let's talk through it. Last month, American Express was around 10% of the total weight of my portfolio. And with this move, it got them down to be a little over six. Now, I still like Amex, obviously, and I still hold 100 shares. But when I look at the companies that I have in my portfolio that have over 10% weight, it's United Health Group, McDonald's, Visa, and Apple. Now, I feel extremely strong about that group, and having to be 10% or greater doesn't worry me at all. But with American Express, there's a couple different risks that we've talked about recently that have been going on. One, the finalization of the Basel III requirements are coming up and could impact their profitability going forward. And then two, the overall trend for charge-offs and delinquencies for credit companies has been rising. Now, Amex is one of the absolute best in terms of quality, and their numbers don't seem that bad but it could be a start of a concerning trend for the industry overall. And it really came down to removing some of that risk and uncertainty out of my portfolio a little bit earlier and putting it into a company that I wanted more allocation to. Now, you can easily argue that Caterpillar has just as many, if not more, risks and headwinds coming up than Amex does, but for me, I felt better with those two having closer to an equal weight. Plus, again, these transactions were in my traditional IRA account, so there was no tax implications for selling. My entry price for those shares was technically $166.33, so I ended up in the red, but my remaining Amex shares have a cost basis of $152.24, so I have a nice overall gain in Amex so far. Now, if we take a look at my updated portfolio allocation and weightings, SHD is still the largest overall holding at just under 18%. UNH is still my largest individual holding at just under 17%. McDonald's holding strong at 14%, next up Visa and Apple at over 11 and over 10% respectively, Valero is over 8%, American Express now is just under 7%, Walmart is just over 6%, and Caterpillar brand new and just at about 4% of my total portfolio, Starbucks still just over 2%, and then Hershey's Berkshire and Realty Income rounding out the list at under 1% each. And I know I mentioned it before, but I feel really good about those top four, which are now making up over 50% of my total portfolio. So in terms of which of my holdings have performed the best overall, United Health Group is still in the top spot in terms of overall return at over 20%. 
And if you remember, UNH is a position that started back in June, so it's been 20% over half a year or so. And even though valuation isn't something that I use as my primary consideration when I pick stocks, you can tell that the ones that I actually had a really great valuation on when I bought are the ones that have done the best. Obviously, UNH was one at 458 back in June. American Express was at 148 earlier in the year in May. And then obviously Valero, which has been pretty volatile but still a big gainer, was down in the 106, 112 range when I bought most of it back in May as well. And you might be like, well, duh, when you buy good companies at good valuations, then you're going to do well. And in general, I do agree with that. Over the long term, though, I still think it's about the best businesses as opposed to the exact best price. Now, other than that, these next ones have been slowly going back up as the market has rebounded this month. But I just wanted to show you this one. Hey, look at that. My Apple buy is in the green now. So after all that hooping and hollering people did about how I was a clown and I made such a huge mistake and what was I thinking? Apple's $150 stock. Just three to four months later, we're already in the green. So a holding that I'm likely going to have for years is already profitable, even though I bought at a, quote, terrible valuation. Now, of course, critics will say, but you could be up 10% if you just waited and bought when it dipped and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Because for all we know, it could go red again tomorrow. But the point that I wanted to make is that if we're investing for the long term, a four-month time frame is nothing. But people acted like it was the most obvious dumb mistake I could have ever made. And there's plenty of things that I could have bought that at the time had, quote, better valuations that would have been way worse. All right, now let's take a look at the performance over the last month. American Express has crushed it at over 21%. Realty income finally showing some signs of life. So that one share I have is really cooking now. And then Apple, Visa, and McDonald's all over 9% beating the S&P. And again, I really love those top four holdings where here I have three of that top four that are outpacing the S&P in this given month. And obviously my expectation is that they'll do that more often than not in the coming months. And then most of the rest is in the green, but at lower levels. And then there's Walmart, my lone red holding for the month where it came down from its all-time highs. So let's take a look ahead to next month and what holdings I think I'm going to add to going forward. In terms of ones that I want to be higher, in terms of weight, I'm going to change this up a bit. Now, obviously, Apple, Visa, and McDonald's have been on this list for me pretty much for the last few months, and all three are over 10% of my portfolio now. And I mean, again, these are just stocks that anytime they dip, I'm going to be looking to add because I believe in their businesses that much. I don't think that's going to change. Starbucks is one that I'd still like to have higher than 2%, and actually, Caterpillar now is one that I'd like to have higher than 4%. In terms of ones that I think are the best value right now, I would say Hershey's, Caterpillar, Valero, and Realty Income. And I think what's likely to happen is over the next month or so, I would imagine that most of my contributions are going to go into this group. Like Hershey specifically to me really looked way oversold. Now it's come back up over the past couple of days here, but I still think it's at a really good valuation. And Caterpillar and Valero as well, they look really attractive from a valuation standpoint, at least to me. So Obviously, these things can change in like a day, but as of right now, I think that that's likely where my December contributions are going to go. In terms of companies that I'm watching in my portfolio, it's the same as last month, American Express and Walmart. Now, obviously, I've already trimmed part of my Amex position, and I explained why. So at the 6% weight, I'm probably just going to leave it there and see where the Basel III requirements end up, and then reevaluate at that time. Now, for Walmart, the recent earnings weren't bad, and in general, they're meeting their plan. But if you remember, Walmart was one that didn't actually meet my dividend growth criteria when I bought it, but I was projecting that they would going forward. Well, they usually announce a dividend update in February, so I'll be waiting to see if it's something that I want to continue holding or if I'm going to move on. 
And this is where it's slightly different to me than something like McDonald's, where McDonald's would really need to have like multiple bad quarters or years or a fundamental change in their business for me to want to move on from it. But the difference is that Walmart was one that I took a chance on, even though it didn't meet my criteria for overall growth or dividend growth. So if my thought process on increased dividend growth rate doesn't materialize, I'm just going to move on. It's not that it's not a good company or even a good stock. It just means that it doesn't fit my strategy. So like we do every month, let's review my portfolio goal and strategy. My goal is to beat the S&P 500 in total return while creating a growing passive income stream for my family. My strategy to achieve it, I want to attach myself to companies with wide moats that are generating increasing cash flow and rewarding shareholders with dividend growth that outpaces inflation. Now, at this point, Walmart doesn't have dividend growth that outpaces inflation, but we'll see what happens in February. And this is a really good example of what we talked about earlier in the month. Like every single stock can be good or bad. It just depends on what you're looking for and what you're expecting from it. So if I end up selling Walmart because it doesn't fit my strategy, it doesn't mean that it's a bad stock. It just means it's not a fit for what I'm trying to do. So if I recap what happened this month, portfolio went up a good amount, but still lagged the S&P 500. My annual dividends increased 2.4% month over month, and I added a new position in Caterpillar that brings some industrials back into my portfolio. So overall, again, I think it was a good month. I think anytime you can get a 6% month over month gain and be increasing your dividend income, you got to be happy with that. And that's regardless of if you trailed your benchmark or not, because even though beating the S&P 500 is the goal, if for some reason down the line I ended up trailing it, but I still built a really strong income stream that outpaces inflation, then I mean, I may have technically missed my goal, but I'm still overall winning. And to me, that's the best part about investing is that it won't always be perfect, but hopefully it's progress. I really like that. So how'd you guys end up for the month? Did you add anything interesting to your portfolio? Let me know down in the comments below. Hope you guys have a great day out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building and stacking wins. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.